Advent is a chance for us to remember and sit and wait in concert with those believers of all those past ages that said, Jesus is coming. What will his reign be like? What? And we wonder. So I wanted to start off with that um, so that you know that last week I entered into an admonition for you, and that was this. Don't fill your gaze with where the world's co- going. Fill your gaze, fill your eyes with the one who's come into the world. You can't spend all your time worrying about the world going to hell in a handbasket. But Jesus has come into the world, so fill your eyes with that. And to that end, I asked you a question. How many of you have a place in your life that, that you know God's working and you like it? Anyone? Wow. Okay, good. Now, now this one is not a raise your hand spot. How many of you have a place in your life where you know God's working and you're not sure that you like it? <laughs> I will raise my hand because I'm going to share one of those things with you today. But first, I'm going to read the scripture from uh, Psalm 72. Here it is. I'm going to read the first seven verses, and then at the end, I'll read the last two. Give the king your justice, O God, and your righteousness to the royal son. May he judge your people with righteousness. That's a, that's a um, Hebrew word, zedek, that appears 300 and 20 times in the Bible. So when things start to show up 320 times, you maybe ought to pay attention to that. That's something close to God's character. So righteousness, judge your people with righteousness and your poor with justice. Justice is not exactly what it means here. This one is mishpat. It means vindicate or justice and all those things. And believe it or not, shows up 400 times in the Bible. Pretty close to God's character when you do this. May you judge your people with righteousness and your poor with vindication. Will you vindicate the poor? Let the mountains bear prosperity for the people in the hills in righteousness. May he defend the cause of the poor of the people, give deliverance to the children of the needy, and crush the oppressor. May they fear you while the sun endures and as long as the moon lasts throughout all generations. May he be like rain that falls on the mown grass and like showers that water the earth. In his days, may the righteousness, righteous flourish and peace abound till the moon be no more. That is a call for the reign of God. I hope you hear that in the text. This is my story, okay? I'm going to tell you a story about what happened last week that had me in here ranting Tuesday morning. Now, some of you might have a spot in your life where you have a bugaboo about something. Something goes on, and it just starts a rant in your heart. I have one of those spots. Right now, God's talking to me about getting rid of it, and it's that spot that God's working that I'm not overly happy with because <laughs> it's hard. But uh, customer service just drives me a little batty when, it, when it's bad. And so I was, had one of these moments where I went into a coffee shop, and I got in line, and there was two cars there, and I thought, well, it doesn't really matter which lane I get in because I'm just behind one person. So I got in, the car, got in one, and while I sat there for the next 15 minutes, four cars went through the other side. 
And a gal that worked there came out and delivered coffee to the car behind me. And then went back in and got coffee and then delivered it to somebody in the other line. And, and I was sitting there going, huh, <laughs> this is just in, you know, the internal dialogue with, why is that? And then one coffee came out to the car in front of me and two fountain drinks, which don't take almost any time to do unless you make a big mess in the back. But I was sitting there, and, and just to set this thing, I, was, I had a meeting set for my office at 10 with the leaders of the five friendship feasts. Now, if you don't know what the friendship feasts are, the Monday meal that we serve here is one of them. The Seventh-day Adventist uh, church does Tuesday. The Free Methodist church does Wednesday. The Catholic church does Thursday. And the UCC church does Friday. All of the people that are the leaders of those were in there because on Friday before, the editor of the newspaper asked me if there was any way that we serve the homeless in this community. She's brand new, and I was in there because I managed the uh, faith column. And I said, yes, there is. There's a meal each day of the week. And she goes, I would love to meet them and do a story about that, those meals. And I thought, well, I just happen, I think I could make sure that three of those were in that room on Tuesday right after I meet with one of them every Tuesday at 9 to 10. So that one, she'll be there. And the other one sits about eight feet from where I sit. So it's usually pretty easy to get Marjane in a meeting because she's my, she's my administrator. And, and the one from the UCC, he's on a number of boards with me and super easy to get there on Tuesday. And I thought, sure, you come to my office at 10 and I'll have at least three of those leaders in the room. And then I went about making it happen. And, and lo and behold, I managed to get a hold of two that I had never met and get them to commit to coming. And so I'm pretty excited, and, and I've got a 9 o'clock, and I've got a bunch of work to do, but I'm going to cough up my office for however long the editor of the newspaper and these meals need it. And so I'm trying to get everything ready for them, and I'm in a rush, and I get into this line at the coffee shop. And it just keeps going, right? And I was literally late for my 9 o'clock, which was the meeting before the 10 o'clock, and now you're trying to set up and do two things at one time. And I had a rant going in my heart. Have you ever had a rant going in your heart? Let me ask you this. Do you know how... Maybe this isn't a question. I know God's at work in the world... Because he's at work in me. And if he's going to pay attention to the little things that I rant about, he's probably going to pay attention to the little things other people rant about. Or, if we're to use the language of this verse, justice is not fairness or the good being rewarded and the wicked punished, but rather justice or mishpat, that's the Hebrew word, is the Bible's subversive term for God's desired state of affairs. When God says, vindicate the poor, this is what he means. It's when the poorest are cared for, a society is just to the just, not just a society, but a just society. 
to the degree to which every person has had enough and is lifted up. A king in the Old Testament, in the Jewish tradition, then was measured not by how many chariots they had. That's the way all the other kings were supposed to be done. Not by the hordes of chariots or the gold in the treasury, but by whether or not the cause of the poor was defended. Whether the needy were delivered. And similarly, righteousness isn't God's smugness. Righteous is the righteous being in sync with God's ways and embodying God's will. Last week, we talked about what it means to be a people that anticipate the good that God's going to do in our lives. This week, we're still talking about the good that God wants to do in the world. But in this language of the Bible verse that I I read is not only the vindication of the poor, but the crushing of the oppressors. And I bring that up Because when I'm ranting about customer service, technically, I'm one of the oppressors. And I need to be crushed. And God's going to do it. So right now, I just want you to know that God's working on something that's been a bugaboo for me. And I say bugaboo, a a soapbox for me since I ran my own company for 20 years. Bad customer service. Let's see, how do I say this? It's not that it drives me crazy because the trip isn't that long. <laughs> but it's, it's, the, it's the indicator light that I'm already at it, if you will. And I want you to hear that God's working on me, but God's working in the world as we, as we, don't, as we don't spend all our time gazing at what's going wrong in the world but rather we spend all our time looking at the one who has come into the world, namely Jesus. As he starts, as, as our future begins to um, invade our present, God's kingdom begins to build in our lives the spots in our lives where we're the oppressors. Now, I, I don't want you to raise your hand, but... Have you ever numbered yourself amongst the oppressors? I didn't really think, I'm, I mean, really, that's somebody else's problem. And I managed, I just want you to know that when I got my drink and I left, I managed to not rant and yell at the customer service person doing that. That's not always them, right? So, It's just exactly the same as if you go to a restaurant and the service is really slow and you yell at the waiter or the waitress. It's really often not them. So at that spot, when you treat somebody badly, I hate to say this, when I treat them badly, I'm one of the oppressors. And as God's kingdom begins, kingdom begins to invade my life and grow in it, those areas where I'm the oppressor, they have to go away. Is that the truth for you? So why did I ask you if God might be working in your life in some place that maybe you weren't so happy about it? Because this is where the rubber meets the road in the Christmas story. When Jesus comes as a babe in a manger, the cross is on the horizon. 
And if the cross is on the horizon, then so is the work of the Holy Spirit within us telling us, hey, you know that little area over there that you get mad about? How about you and I work on that together? So if God is a God of action, and I believe he is a God of action because I know he's doing stuff in me, and and frankly, I've had enough conversations with people in this service and the next service to know that he's working in all our lives. It's a bit provincial for us to say, well, he's working in our lives, but he's not probably working in everybody else's life that believes in him. So if you would expand your vision and your, your, your eyesight just a little bit to include the other people that are Jesus people, and you might not even think of yourself as a Jesus person because that comes in 60s language with some other stuff, like maybe barefoot and sandals. But if you love Jesus, you're one of his people. And your future is invading your present. If God's kingdom is in your future, it's in your heart. If God's at work in you, then he's at work out amongst the people. And I would tell you that the church is not just those that believe in Jesus. The church is all those who believe, which means all those who have and all those that currently do, and all those who will believe but haven't yet. That's the church. That's a pretty big group and and pretty hard to know where the boundaries are. But if God's at work in me or you, then let's lift our eyes and look for God at work in other people. And we know that God's at work in the world that way because if anything matters, then everything matters. Not just the things that I think are important, maybe the things that, think, that God thinks are important. We like to pray over the big things in our lives, but big things are lots of little things that go together. How do you make a mountain out of a molehill by adding things to it? One little step at a time. So as I do this this morning, I want you to acknowledge, or at least Um, recognize that your pastor is going, I've got an area that I need to submit to the cross because God's asking me to do it. And the Christmas season is the time to do that. Now, I I can't promise that I'm going to be really um, easygoing at bad customer service. But I can promise you that as God is telling me to work on this, that I'm going to be trying to work on it. Now, I don't know how successful I'm going to be. This, there's a lot of habit here. And my wife would tell you that I'm the terminator on the phone with bad customer service. I think Marjean might say that too. So I need to learn how to image God in this one area of my life that I'm struggling in and know and acknowledge God at work throughout the world because he's doing it in me. We can't be just so egocentric that, well, God's working in my life, but nobody else's. God's working in the church, but not the rest of the world. No, the so as yeast works its way through the whole batch, so is the gospel within the world. There's some verses that we need to 
to do as we read this, just so you know that I'm not just taking this one verse out of context and talking about it. So as we do this in Psalm 72, we had this language of the delight of the Lord that he would judge by what his eyes see and not a decision. So this is uh, from backed up by Isaiah 11. He will delight in the fear of the Lord, and he will not judge by what his eyes see, nor make a decision by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he will judge the poor. Judge the poor, there's that language. Vindicate the poor. There will be justice for the poor. And decide with fairness for the afflicted of the earth. If that's going to happen, then those little spots in us where we're not the poor, where we're the, the, the oppressors, that needs to adjust. Many peoples will come, Isaiah 2.3 says, they will come and say, let us go to the mountain of the Lord and the house of God that he may teach us according to his ways, that we may walk in his paths for the law will go forth from Zion and the word of God from Jerusalem. This is what it means for us to know that God's at work in the world when we see it in us and we hear his word go out that justice is starting to have its way and righteousness is having its, its work in us. I want to I just finish with this, with this scripture. This is the, the last two verses of, uh, of this psalm. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who alone does wondrous things. Blessed be his glorious name forever. May the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. So we know this this way that we want his reign to continue, which means we want him working in our lives in the ways that we like and the ways that we're a little trepidated over. For as long as the sun endures. Do you know what that means? How long is the sun going to endure? Can you affect the sun's endurance? No, it's going to be longer than us. For as long as the sun endures, says the psalm, we experience now and hope for more this refreshing when he's working on the areas we like and the renewing when he's working on the areas we don't like and the transforming of our lives that his kingdom brings like rain on mown grass. That is like a refreshment, right? Until the moon is no more. May we know the coming of this Lord in our own lives as well as others. Lord Jesus, we thank you for being part of our lives. We thank you for, I thank you for crushing me when I need it. I may not like it, but I like the results. I just ask you to be with us that we would be your people in this time of Advent as you are a God of action. Amen. Amen.